Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by Millions. Now, Millions are the tiny, tasty, chewy sweets invented by Golden Casket Group in 1991, and they are still a family favourite to this day. The Millions name is known worldwide, and their products can be found internationally, which is quite impressive considering they're a family-run business from a small town in the west of Scotland. Millions sweet treats come in a variety of different colours and flavours, ranging from the iconic strawberry, bubblegum, Two fan favourites, such as Vimto and Banana, a personal favourite. The Millions brand never stands still. The Golden Casket Group are continually thinking about new flavours and pack innovations. You'll find their most known products in tubes, jars, shakers, hanging bags. However, they also have a multi-pack for those who like a little taste of just about everything. Millions are all about inclusivity and want to ensure people from all different walks of life are able to experience the amazing taste of their chewy sweets. Therefore, when creating new flavours and products, they ensure, where possible, they are friendly to vegetarian, vegan, kosher and halal diets. Although not all products and flavours fall under these categories, Millions ensure there is at least something for everyone. Millions are available to buy in most independent retailers, wholesalers and national supermarkets across the UK. So go grab your pack today. Hello, my name is Louis Strong and welcome to Headstrong. If this is your first time tuning in, this is a podcast where I sit down with a variety of people in the public eye, and we have a good old chit-chat about their lives, their careers, but most notably, we talk about their vulnerabilities and the time where they have felt susceptible to the experiences that they are going through. I do this because I want you, the listener, to seek inspiration from the conversations that we have, and indeed find them engaging and interesting, and learn what it means to be headstrong and to me it means to believe in yourself to talk about your vulnerabilities and reinforce your self-worth now on this episode i was joined by a bit of a legend actually a bit of a legend called tyler west tyler is currently a kiss fm dj amongst many other creative roles including an mtv presenter and recently has a new show out on bbc3 which is well worth a watch and we chat about all that in this podcast. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And that's it from me. Enjoy. Beautiful. Tyler, thank you very, very much for joining me on Headstrong. How's it going? Yeah, pleasure, man. It's very, very good to be here. I'm gassed to be doing this, man. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for thank you for joining me. Now, wh- where do I find you at the moment? Where are you? Um, at Kiss FM UK. Um, I have my radio show. Um, from 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. You can also catch me on the socials, um, Tyler West with an extra T on the end, which to be fair, you know, I need to go and talk to the guy, the brother with, that's got Tyler West with one T because he doesn't use his social media platform. And actually the whole process of explaining, 
you got to type in Tyler West and put an extra T on the end. To, is the bane of my life when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> so, um, what would what would you what, 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 if he turned around and he said, "Right, I, I need, I'm going to charge you." What would be your highest? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pay for my name. I don't <laughs> want to pay for my name. I was like, listen, just if you're not going to use it, just shake shake my hand and just let it go, let go the name. Um, so yeah, man, no, um, but you can catch me over there. Um, and also, oh, that has on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the lot. So, wh- what's a typical day in the life of of Tyler at the moment? Then has it has it changed dramatically from from pre lockdown? Then with your radio show and that kind of normality, or is it or is it quite different? I mean, it, it hasn't. It hasn't. Like I'd say, the easiest way to describe it, and I think everybody can relate to this, is that it's been stripped back. Like there's certain things that you would do on your day to day basis before. COVID came about before lockdown, before any of this, and you would think, oh, it's really, really important to get it done. But then all of a sudden, when Boris has announced some madness and you've got to stay home, it's like, well, actually, what's more important? What do I need to do? And it's given you time for like self-reflection, time to like focus on yourself. Um, so my days at the moment, I'm very, very fortunate. Don't get me wrong. I'm very, very lucky because I thought when all of this got announced, I, I thought I was going to be out of work. I was like, oh, well, I can't go into studio. How's, how am I going to do a radio show from home? Uh, how am I going to do um, any, any TV work from home? How am I going to be able to do any of this? And it's like, thank goodness for technology. Um, the fact that I was, I mean, for the first part of, I mean, lockdown one and two, I was broadcasting, um, from my wardrobe, having a hoodie slap me in the face every single time a big tune came on the radio. Like it was, it was mad. Like I was getting up, I was, I was covering kiss breakfast at the time. I was, I was starting at like four in the morning, rocking out of bed in my boxes, grabbing my oats and then sitting in my wardrobe, um, and doing a national breakfast show to people that really needed it in the mornings. Um, so I was very, very, I'm very, very lucky to be able to uh, have continued the work that I'm doing. Um, even to the point now that luckily, like, because we've had like COVID tests come in um, like, on the regular and um, we've been able to like put the right sort of safety measures in place. Now I'm able to actually go into studio still, um, which I'm, I'm one of the very few lucky ones, uh, radio presenters and stuff to be able to go do that. So th- the show is still rocking and rolling, man. We're still doing it uh, Monday to Friday from 4 p.m. on KISS. Um, and also then, um, the other work that I've been doing, whether it's for various brands like MT, I do a lot of work over at MTV, um, presented for their online formats. I do a lot of work, um, for BBC as well. Those things have been able to, to happen via zoom. Those things have been able to like, and, and it's that, it's that fact that we can adapt to the norm of what's going on right now. We need to just accept the fact that Zoom is is now the new norm temporarily until things change. And I think that it's been, yeah, it's been a blessing to be able to do that, man. Yeah, I mean, of course, we can we can totally talk about the glories of, of Zoom and, and indeed, mm-hmm. you know, the the ability to communicate with people online. But I mean, do you just miss that physical interaction? I literally face face meetings, you know, for even just like, you know, what I was thinking I had a, I had a zoom call earlier and, you know, with someone in a, in a, in Australia, the cinemas are open there. And I I just miss going to the cinema, man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, just the small things. I I miss that. I miss that social aspect. And you know what? I'm slowly, but surely forgetting how to socialize as well. That's why, mm. like, because the FaceTimes ain't cutting it, the Zoom, the Zooms ain't cutting it. Because I was out, I was out the front the other night, and my road's quite quiet. And then my neighbour was out putting the bins out, and I was doing it at the same time. It's about ten o'clock at night, and then um, I had a little chat with them, really awkward chat because we don't talk, me and my neighbour, because they they snaked me from a house party back in two thousand and two thousand eleven, I think it was. But anyway, we move. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they. They then said to me, they were like, oh, yeah, right, take care, see you later. And I was like, yeah, yeah, have a good day. And, I, and I, as I've got in, you know, when you say something to someone and you're like, why did I just say have a good day at 10 past 10 at night? Like, what's my man going to do? Is he going to go in? Is he just going to like get his shoes on, go about his day and start his day from 10 p.m.? I was so embarrassed, man. I'm forgetting how to socialise um, and I'm forgetting what it's like to have to shout over loud music in, in a club or a bar or a pub. I'm forgetting what it's like to, you know, have to get hangry in a restaurant and wait for my food. It's like, it's those little things which you're never, ever going to take for granted ever again. And, and I think you and I, you and I are quite lucky in the sense that we are able to interact with a lot of people, but there are people mm-hmm. out there who are, are probably struggling to, to actually have that interaction and social interaction and ability to mm. talk to other people. And that is going to be strange when, you know, some sort of normality does turn around and, you know, it's difficult for, for a lot of people at the moment. Yeah, 100%. And especially if you're like, I mean, I don't know about you, Louis, but I was like, 
when I was younger, I was I was a recluse. I didn't. I I was always shy. I was never a confident character. Um, it was only until about like the age of 14, 15, that, that kind of, that kind of switched around for me. So if that had never happened, if I had never went through that change and never really took those steps to, to come out of my shell, come out of my bedroom, come out of my comfort zone, I would really be struggling right now. So it's, it's so important more than ever that if you are one of those people that aren't so much of a confident speaker or, 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 or you're, you're not, you don't feel comfortable, um, communicating and socializing, um, via, zoom or facetime or like virtually or, or bumping into someone on the street and doing a socially distanced walk. if you if you if you're not comfortable doing any of those things it's important that you surround yourself with positive podcasts with positive like reading materials um you know you get your exercise in if, if you can do that um th- like there's so many ways sort of that you need to surround yourself with just to hang in there i think that's the key at the moment just just hang in there Totally. I mean, we'll totally um, come on and have a chat about your upbringing and your, your childhood, mm-hmm. certainly. But something I do want to talk to you about before we go on to that is we, we've talked about the radio show, but you've got some exciting news up and coming with BBC. Yeah. We mentioned it and you yeah. dropped it on your Instagram the other day. You've got an exciting TV show coming out. So can you just t- fill me in? This is, this, is, this is actually bizarre. So, so ever since I wanted to become a TV presenter, um, I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to have a show on BBC three. I want to get in with BBC three. And I was like, I, I didn't know how to do it. I was working at McDonald's at the time. I went through so many different meetings and this is what happens in the, in, in the TV world of what you don't see behind the scenes is that there are so many power makers and so many people in like huge positions that then change roles. And it's a very, very sort of moving with the times industry. Like you have to be current, you have to sort of have a bit about you, you have to have the experience, but then it's hard to get the experience. It's the same like with, with many other industries like in, in that sense. But um, I always wanted to, it was like a lifelong dream to get something on, on BBC Three. And then um, my agent messaged me and said, oh, um, but this is it. I, I seem to meet everybody on holidays, right? <laughs> Basically, how it came about, I, I actually met um, a lovely lady on holiday. Um, and she, t- she ended up working, she, she works for the, she was an exec at this production company. Um, and I just, I chat to everybody on holiday. I'm like, I'm basically the, the holiday rep walking around the pool. I just, I just love it. I'm in my element. I'm in the sunshine. I've got a Fanta lemon in hand. It's all good. Um, so I was talking to everybody and I, t- I spoke to this lovely lady and she ended up being an exec at a production company and then was like, oh, Tyler, um, let me take your details then and we'll, we'll stay in touch. Well, a few months later after that holiday, she got in touch with, um, my agent and then she said oh do you want to come down to this casting and I was like small world didn't know this is how it came about I went to the casting um and it was me and Winnie Williams she's incredible absolutely incredible um sort of young interior designer who's just so talented um and it was all about um interior design now Louis I don't know about you but I am I am the most terrible person at DIY like I, I cannot use a paintbrush. I cannot use a screwdriver. I cannot do, I can't do an Ikea flat pack. Like that's a push. That's a very, oh. very big push. And then it came, and then it came around and I was like, oh, fine, let me just give this a go. And it works because it's almost like having an expert mm. and the idiot. And I am the idiot, Louis. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shy away from it. I'm no good at DIY, but the show itself is called Flat Out Fabulous. Um, and it is all about going into young flat shares, um, um, rundown rentals, which are like an absolute atrocity to be living in. And we go in there and completely transform it for the price of a night out. So what you would spend on drinks, what you would spend on food, what you would spend on an outfit, hair, makeup, whatever it be, we collectively add that together. That's the budget we use. And then we go ahead and, and completely switch up your living space. And I tell you what, it is possibly one of it's the funnest project that I've ever worked on in my whole career. And since I'm 24 now, I've been doing this since I was 18. And it's the funnest, it's the funnest show I've ever worked on. It's got such a feel good factor to it. Um, and the people are incredible, man. What a concept. I really, really, mm. really like that. I did doing it all on a budget. And as you say there, not only is it a fun project to be doing, but actually you're making a difference. Mm. And you make, you know, it's, you're making somebody's life that much better because, you know, there's not much to look forward to at the moment. Uh, and exactly. if something, something like that happened in my house, I'd be like, sweet. Yeah, exactly. We just come in, do that, do the DIY transformation um, and we get them involved as well. Like um, it's usually like young students um, and people just like flat sharing. Um, and it's just, it, it proves to people also watching is that why, right now, while you're at home, you haven't got to have 
thousands of thousands of pounds in the bank to be able to do a transformation like that. Literally thrift shopping and, and producing a beautiful living space. So what can we expect then? How long, how long is the series? How many episodes? And are you going to be coming back for a second one? Or is that jumping the gun? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is all, uh, this is all uh, discussions currently going on. Um, but I, I mean, I'm very, very hopeful about it. I'm very, very hopeful about it um, going to series. Um, at the moment, it's going to be put out. It's out on the 24th of Feb. Um, and it's on, you can catch it on the iPlayer on BBC3. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing, man. You heard it here first. Now you are you are an incredibly busy man, as we kind of were just dis- discussing before before the podcast. You like to keep busy, but how do you 100%. find that? How do you find that time to unwind, though? See, this has always been a struggle for me. I'm not I'm not the best person to talk to about unwinding because I struggle to switch off. I'm like if I'm if I'm if I've got a task, if I've, I'm always one that's like lived by a to do list. If if that's not done, I will continue filling my hour and breaking down the hour to 15 minute segments to how I can then possibly, you know, use it wisely to get the most out of my day. When it comes to unwinding, it's important to like, there's very few things that make me unwind. There is very few things like maybe, maybe sticking on a movie and just zoning out. That's probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, you got gaming, um, fitness for me is a massive one. So although that's not really unwinding because then you're going out and you're doing exercise and you're, you know, you're, you're working your body out. Um, exercise for me, it's just, it's, it's just, I think it's that ability to switch off, switch off from, from anything else that's going on in your life and just focus on that one task at hand. So even if that's listening to a playlist, listening to a podcast, there, there's so many different things, especially during lockdown that I've then like adapted to and tried. I'll start reading for the first, like I've always, I've always like read a book, but I've never completed one. And I've started reading for the first time and now I'm absolutely obsessed with it. So like, as it comes to of an evening, I'd switch off my electronics. I won't, I won't watch a movie. I won't listen to music. Just literally light a candle, make the room zen, change the light in, make it a proper, like that ambiance. Yeah, you bring yeah. ambiance in the room. And I'll just read my book, man. And it's just, it's, it's the simple things that we j- I've just always taken for granted. That's the only way about it. Absolutely. It's the simple things. Now, working in the media and broadcasting itself, it's mm. a tricky one because I want to look at as well, kind of supporting your own your own mental health in, in that regard, mm-hmm. because you're quite often seen in the public eye more often than, than anybody else working in media and broadcasting. And you need to find um, the ability to kind of share what you want to share and, and keep actually a lot of what you probably hold dear to yourself private. Mm-hmm. How do you find that balance? So this has been an absolute test over the past year. Um, over the past year, certain things have gone on in my life. And this is the one thing which I've only now gone to realize now that I have a radio show, which is on air, you know, I'm on, I'm on the air six days a week. Um, because it's now that sort of in your face, the one thing, and I'm sure a lot of other people working in this industry, um, and, and in fact, other industries as well, that you have to go and put a brave face on for is that like, it's hard to, you, you have to automatically suppress emotions. Like I lost my granddad um, last year. I lost my dog. I lost my granddad while I was on air and I saw the text coming through on my phone and I couldn't answer the phone because I was just about to give somebody a life changing amount of money in the competition we had on the show. And it's like, you are, you have to suppress certain things and certain experiences because although you might, although I might be feeling like, oh, I've just lost my granddad. I'm absolutely devastated. I'm about to bawl my eyes out once, once I put the mic down. Whoever I'm talking to, it might be having a really rubbish day as well. And I'm not going to add to that. Do you know what I mean? Like the show gets millions of listeners. Um, and the fact that I'm able to talk to them people um, and, and, and be a positive sort of light shining in their life, then I'm doing something right. And that's the, you know, that's a very, it, it's a difficult obstacle for me it's a difficult hurdle because it's almost like as soon as I walk into the studio no matter how my day's going no matter if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed no matter if I'm feeling ill there's certain there's certain things that you just gotta you just gotta let go zone out get the job done um and come out the other side and I think that's a small price to pay if it means that the people listening in might just have a smile on their face or the people watching my TikTok or watching my Instagram story will leave it feeling something positive um so it's 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 very difficult to find that balance though man yeah i mean i mean that's a that's like a very selfless attitude for sure and i know that uh, all all the stuff that you do do and the content that you create does as you say bring a lot of happiness and a lot of joy to a lot of people but you've got to at the end of the day you are a human being that you've got to remember yourself 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. is, that's something I know without wanting to sound selfish, you know, if you are having a terrible day, you are allowed to accept that, you know, you are, you're only human, you know, they are just emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say, you know, tomorrow is going to be a better day if you're having a bad day because mm-hmm. you've got another, however many days left. And, you know, it's just another day. You've got to compartmentalize and, and move forward, I suppose. 100%. It's like they say, when you get on an airplane, right, you, you got to secure your mask before you can secure others. Um, so I'm just lucky in the fact that I've been able to train myself at that in, in, in grounding myself. So I'll have like my routine in the morning and, and that'll get me off to like more of a solid start. So then even if things do go wrong, I, I'm able to, to handle it in a way that I'm still able to get, get my job done. I'm still able to go about my day and just not wallow in it, man. Like it's, it's so, especially during like lockdown and that it's, it's easy to sit there and just go, Oh no, forget it. This has gone wrong. This has gone wrong. Cluster it all together. And then it's a hurricane effect before you know it. Like your one problem is 20 problems. And it's so, it's so important to, to keep dividing that and not, and not try to glue them together. So how do you, how do you manage that then? I manage like the reason now how I don't glue them together is that you've just got to, you've got to, you've got to compartmentalize it, right? You've got to, you've got to look at it and go, right. What is, what is what is in my control now and what is what can be put on hold what can i put on the side because there's certain things you know how i feel about myself or like energy levels and things like there's certain things i'm like right cool i can't go to sleep right now i'm not going to get my energy back all right cool so i'm just going to get on with my day um and i'm going to do whatever i can to make sure that i fulfill the work that I've got to do that day. It's, it's, it's a weird one, man. It's, it's just through, it's through trial and error. Everybody has a different way of handling things. And I think it's so easy for us to sit here on a podcast and go, oh, right. If you do step one, step two, step three, you're going to feel better for it. But also it's not that case for everybody. It's really not like everybody has their own different way of handling it and overcoming certain things. And I think if you can try as many ways as possible, that's why I say, if don't, don't question why say, try instead, say, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that because the minute that you try things is the minute you're a step closer to, to embracing it and, and changing the way that you're thinking and feeling. Um, and so just because like, you're like, Oh no, that will never work for me. You'll never know until you try it. There's a huge number of people that you do help, as you say, from, from mm. various reaches. But I know that you're a hugely passionate man about your family and your friends. And that's mm-hmm. something that you, you absolutely adore. How, how often like, do you check in with your friends and your family? Just to, you know, Every day. Yeah. Yeah, every day, man. I think that family and friends are... It, it's a choice. Like, it's a choice who you check in on and then also who gives that, that sort of energy back to you. I had to, like, if I, com- if I compare myself to when I was, when I was 18, right, um, I was, like, questioning whether or not to go off to uni. The reason why I wanted to go off to uni was to get that social experience. It wasn't to go study. I didn't want to go study. The thing I wanted to do was TV presenting. I was like, am I going to go study to, to talk in front of a, and to talk in front of a camera? Like, it's not, I don't, I just feel like I'm, I'm better off. It's more of a hands-on job. So I was only going to go for the social aspect. But then when you look at all the people that were around you back then, how many of them were draining your energy? There's this, there's this motivational speaker I listened to um, called E.T., the hip-hop preacher. And he says, um, seeing yourself as like a battery, right? And that battery needs to be charged and that battery needs to be big and, and, and fueled to be able to last for a long amount of time. It needs to be some Duracell Plus, right? <laughs> And if so much is draining your energy, how are you then going to power anything? And whether you power anything in your life, whether you power anything like helping other people, how are you going to power and get about your day? Like you, if you don't have that within you and you're being drained too much, then it's, it's, it's massively off balance. Um, so it did come down to a bit. It was like, I kind of stepped away from the situation and looked at you know, my friends around me and going like, cause, cause not everybody needs to be some, some motivational gym that's going out and attacking the day. There's some people that are, are happy and content with what they got. And they're, they're just good at being a good friend, like just having a laugh and having a phone call and having, having someone to listen to. But it's like when I'm struggling or, and when I need to take care of myself, I surround myself with those that are similar minded. Um, also those that I know care about me genuinely um so whether that be my girlfriend me me whether it be my mum, my brother um my best boy sam or like there's so many different people um in my life that 
that that I can call upon when when it comes to that time of need. So as long as you have, you know, your the ones that you can count on your hands, you'll be all right. Completely agree. This episode is sponsored by Millions. Now, one of the latest releases from the Millions brand is the new banana flavored Minions Millions. In partnership with Universal Studios, Millions have teamed up with Bob, Steve, Kevin, and the rest of the Minions gang that we all know and love to release this great flavor in line with the upcoming blockbuster release of Minions The Rise of Gru, which is set to hit cinemas this coming summer. Universal have used the worldwide popularity of the Minions name to collaborate with huge brands such as Amazon, Tic Tac, McDonald's, Converse, and the Millions brand now also stands alongside these big names. The great thing about these tiny, tasty, chewy sweets is that they are suitable for everybody, including both vegetarians and vegan diets, and comes in an array of various pack sizes, including tubes, big and small jars. And these products are available in both supermarkets and local retailers. So be sure to grab yours today. Now, you, you touched on family there, and I want to re- re- rewind a bit. And let's go back to uh, growing up in your childhood and touching on that, because those are some formative years for any individual. And you briefly yeah. mentioned at the top of the podcast there that you were, when you were growing up, a bit of a recluse, and that probably more of an introvert than an extrovert that you are now, and the wonderful man yeah. that you are now. So wh- where did you grow up? What was that like? Can you paint me a picture? So I'm still, I'm literally, I still live at home with mum, man. Like we um, never left my mum's side. Like um, my dad and my mum split when I was about six months old. Um, so for like a big part of my childhood, um, I didn't sort of have that nuclear family around me. It was me, my brother, who's who's five years older than me, um, and my mum. And w- and we got by. Like my mum, my mum's resilience and my mum's strength is literally what, powers me in a lot of the things I do it's, it's a lot of the reason behind my drive because you know we've been there where my mum my mum was a nurse for like 20 22 23 years or in and around that and um she did that as a single mother while still then caring for her boys and she never she always made sure we never went without she you know she lost she had to stop um nursing at some point because it, the pay wasn't enough she couldn't afford childcare. so then you know we've we've had the the moments where we've had to struggle um, and and live on the bare minimum. We've had the moments where, you know, we're in debt up to our eyeballs and there's bailiffs knocking at the front door. We had the moments where where there's trouble in the estate. Um, I live on like one of the biggest council estates in South East London. Um, and and we've, we've sort of been through the wars quite a bit, me, my mum and my brother. Um, and what I think... Like some people can look at their past and they can go like, oh, what, like feel sorry for themselves and go, oh, well, I've been through this and I've been through this. But actually that turned into my drive. It turned into my passion. Um, I was a massive recluse when I was growing up because my brother was the most talented guy I've ever met. Like he, he sung, he sounded like a little like young usher, like walking around mixed race, like just trying to sing to everybody and had all the girls chasing him. He was popular at school. He played for AFC Wimbledon. He played for England basketball. He had six pack abs. He had, um, he had, he could do it. Like, and I never remember, I always re- remember this one day he came back from the gym for the first time and did like 10 press ups and I couldn't do one. And that was actually what triggered my fitness. Like why I got into fitness so much, but, um, yeah, I, I, I followed in my brother's footsteps quite a bit, but I hid behind him because um, he would always be the confident talker. I never, my mum actually got called into the school so many times. Um, child services getting called and everything like that. Like, oh, is Tyler all right? Because he, he comes to school and he doesn't actually say a word between the hours that he's in school. Like he hasn't spoken to anybody all day. He doesn't talk to the teachers. He just sits there with a bit of a screw face on. And that was me, man. Like, I, I don't know what it was. I loved school, but... I just, I was so shy, it hurt. And I was not, that. I was just not that kid. And if you'd have told that kid, oh, one day you're going to be talking on the television or one day you're going to be speaking to millions of people for a microphone, I would have told you to fuck off. I would have been like, no, that's not me. I'm not, that wouldn't be me. Like that just, it just wouldn't, I was not that kid. Um, and then I think some, some traumatic things happened in my childhood um, and that pushed me into a mindset where it was it was a make or break situation it it pushed me into a a phase in my life where I was like so young at the time but I felt so old like I felt a lot older than 
than my friends because I had to grow up real quick because I didn't have, you know, like the father figure that I would have of I or, or I would have dreamed to have in my life that I could always go to whenever I want, like when I get back from school. I didn't I didn't have that. Like my brother tried to be there for me as much as possible and bring me up like that, but he had his own battles going on as well. Um, so there was a lot of experiences, and it was like that make or break situation, man, where I had to flip the switch. What was it that made you flip the switch? Um, it was, it was, it was the year, it was 2010, 2010 was without a doubt the hardest year of my life so far. So whenever I go through something now, I look back to that, I look back to that moment. I look back to that year and I'm like, nah, bro, keep going. Like, like, don't stop, keep going. Like there's so many things, um, in my life, which people, people have no idea about um of how are you speak in 2010 it was a it was a culmination of things um my stepdad at the time he was an ex-alcoholic he started drinking again my mum and him broke up um and he became um he, he went back to america and um my mum then had to take on the financial stress so we we hit hit rock bottom in terms of like finances we was really really struggling during the time my brother was at university um, he was going through his own battles, as I said. And then there was one day, it was, it was in April. I think it was April 26th, April 26th. It was around then. And I was coming home from a dance lesson because at school, although I was shy, I was still like trying to go to these extracurricular clubs and stuff. Um, so I must've been in about year 10 at the time. <clears throat> and then I got home from the dance session. Um, it was probably about five to nine. I just got off the bus, was walking up the road about 50 metres to my house and I saw these local alcoholics um, having a full-on like argument and discussion outside my house. And I was like, oh, it's just the local alcoholics arguing again. So then I've gone inside up to my bedroom and I thought, oh, I'll be a little bit of like neighbourhood watch, a little bit of a nosy neighbour. So I've pulled the blinds up and turned the light off and I can literally just see this argument happening outside my house. And then... um the situation escalated and it was like a two on one situation with these men. And and one of the two men threw a really weak punch to the man that was on his own. And then the man that was on his own started staggering all over the place and then started running towards my house. Um, and then fell like flat on his face in the road. And then as the two men came over to the man that was, that was on his own, um, one of the two men had a 12 inch kitchen knife in his hand. Um, after that point there, it was it was it was the worst thing that I've ever witnessed in my whole entire life. It was at the age of fourteen. It was like every single thing. Like you, you see the stuff in movies. Some people go their whole lives without seeing anything like that. Um, and it is something that has that I live with every single day. That image in my head, man. Like it is so mad. So when I sit there, and I used to be as a kid. Like don't get me wrong. Like I was, I was, a, I was a well-behaved kid, but I, I hung around with some of the wrong people. After that moment, there it completely switched for me, man. It, like my my attitude towards life was like the fact that I'd, I'd like big attachment issues since I was younger. Um, where like obviously I, I I just I thought that I, I really struggled to trust people. I thought everybody was just going to leave my life suddenly at some point. So I like really struggled to sort of gel with certain things. And then when I saw that, and I saw that a life can just be taken, and then all of a sudden, one minute you're here and one minute you're not. It it was it was it was a game changer. Like it was it affected me in so many ways. Um, following on from that. I didn't come out of my bedroom for a good two two years. Like I, I struggled to get back into education. I missed the best part of my GCSEs. Um, later on in that year, I also lost um, my granddad on my my mum's side. So 2010, I was like, I was wrecked. Like I was absolutely, I was like, what's the point? Everything's just going wrong. The whole world's crumbling down um, around me. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't really know where to, where to tread, man. So that was, that was the make or break point for me in my life. I really appreciate you sharing that. That's, um, yeah, man. must be, it's difficult to talk about. I have no doubt. I mean, and as you say, it's been one of those things that you now reflect on and almost use it as your, your source of drive for, for mm. everything that you do, do now. And I, I have no doubt that, you know, what, what you did, ex, you know, witness is, you know, you wouldn't wish that on your, on your own enemy. Um, but no. It's 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 great that you're talking about something like that, and 
able to share it and and people listening will be able to i have no doubt almost relate to it as well yeah and, and you i mean don't get me wrong it's like it's like that happened when i was 14 i'm now i'm now 24 this is 10 years down the line and it's only now am i able to talk about it but then also talk about the effects that that had because my mental health was something that i always suppressed when we was when we was growing up mm. it's like if, if you get hit in the playground people say to you oh why are you crying for or they say, don't like, be a pussy. Do you know what I mean? Don't be a pussy. What about I'm being a pussy? I'm hurting, man. Like, allow it. I fell over and I hurt my elbow. Like, that's it. Mm. Like, it's the natural, it's a natural reaction. But we're often told in, in like, especially in today's world to, to suppress it and, oh, firm it, get on with it and stuff like that. But you need to be able to communicate your thoughts and feelings in the correct way. If you can't do that, then you're just, you're, you're letting these floods, you're letting these puddles that like these little problem puddles build into floods and it's like you you're gonna need to address it at some point and I think that was the thing for me is that where I never knew how to do it as a kid when I then went through that I've I've just gone the very long way around the block to be able to now at the age of 24 be able to talk about it it's it's a mad journey I think it's when we were growing up there wasn't really anything in education or in in that sense of infrastructure anyway that allowed us to do it and now Mm. obviously it's become so important and actually become a staple within society that actually if you you know it's now almost the the other side of it is if you're not talking about it people are going to be concerned about you so you you know it's become a necessity to be able to talk about your thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. and you know the last thing you want to do is bottle it up and it sounds like that you've got an an amazing team surrounding you in terms of friends your mum, of course your girlfriend and everything as well so that's a delight to hear Mm -hmm. yeah it's important yeah it's important to to keep your your balance and keep your head screwed on. But um, I definitely think that communication was key for me. Um, like I, I went to counselling, that didn't really help me. Um, and, and the other thing that like came off about it is it's about turning, it's about turning those negatives and those experiences and those, those traumatic experiences in your life into positives. Because after those two years, right, I spent two years in a bedroom and then I can't, I've honestly, Louis, I can't even tell you, man. I just sat there and I was like, no, what am I doing? I just literally, I looked at, I was like, am I an idiot? Like, I'm just sitting there and just letting like life go to waste sort of thing. I was like, let me just get up and try something. So I went back, I got myself back into school, luckily finished my GCSEs and came up with some decent grades. Um, and then as I was like about to start sick form, um, I started, like I played basketball a lot at school as well. I loved basketball and they were like, oh, we're trying out this new sport called handball. And I was like, really? All right, let me, let me come over and try it. And it was so easy because at the time I had grown <laughs> really really tall and I had big hands and the ball was quite small um and then I just started going to these handball uh, training sessions at my school and then they were like oh we've got South England trials coming up I was like yes yeah, sick imagine playing for England got into the South England team I was like oh, I can't believe it and then after that I got into the England team and then it just went step after step and then at the age of 18 I was I was playing for Great Britain um and that all stemmed off the back of me going no I'm not going to sit in my bedroom I'm not just going to let this and, and wallow in it and 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 sit there and and be so affected by what I've went through in 2010. I said I'm going to flip the switch, and I just got up off my ass and 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 I went and started training. And then from there, I started going to the gym more because I wanted to be more physical and humble, but also because I wanted to be in a position that I'm able to defend myself if ever I come to a situation like what I went through when I was younger. I, like I couldn't, I felt hopeless, I felt weak, and I didn't want to feel like that anymore. So I started training. Um, and that helped my mentality. And then it was during, this is, this is how it all links in, right? It was during one of those sessions that CBBC, there was a show called Friday Download that <laughs> there's, there's a show. I watched Friday it. Download. I watched the, you know I watched I mean? it. In research so, episode, so, I watched it. So they came in and was like, oh, can you, um, can you give us like a 30 seconds rundown of how to play handball? We're trying to get kids into handball. I was like, yeah. And like oh, the rest of the team was like, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, it's, it's kids television. No, I'm not doing that. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Fine. And I did 30 seconds on camera. Two weeks after that went out, BBC contacted my mom and said, does Tyler fancy coming down for a little taster? I was like, yes, hundred percent. This is it. Forget it. Hollywood's calling. I was like, I'm done. I was like, mum, like retire, like call up the boss, tell him you're not coming in. I was like, I'm going on big CBBC, you know. Uh, and then anyway, um, they got me on to Friday Download as a guest presenter. So I did like a little, it was like a three minute segment of learning how, like I learned how to, obviously I was, I was teaching people how to play handball. And then it was like, I can learn how to play 
how, how to do trampolining. So then I went and did the trampolining and this went out on TV. I cringed so hard. And also I never got a call back from CBBC ever again after that. So <laughs> and then somehow, I don't know, I don't know what happened. It got to like, I was just about to go to university. And then I was like, the only, I was head boy at my school. Like my confidence had grown. I was playing handball still. And then I turned around and said to my teacher, I was like, I don't want to go to university. I'd be going for the wrong reasons. And I want to try and get into TV. And every single person said, I think you should think about this. I think you should go and study television production. I think you should go, go that route around it. Um, because at the time I was only working, I was working at McDonald's, two stars up, come on. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I loved it there, man. I loved, I loved it at McDonald's. And I was, I was like trying to, to get into TV. I was making a show reel. Um, I started sending that around. I managed to, to bag myself an agent, an incredible man that changed my life called Seamus. Um, and then we went through about six months of hard graft meetings and all those meetings, it was people saying, yeah, you're nice, but you don't really have the experience. And I think that that's just, it's so shitty in today's society. It's like, Mm -hmm. how are you ever going to get new people into the role? How are you ever going to change with the times if you're not willing to take that risk? It's like, how are you? And that's, that's with everything in life that comes with relationships. It comes with friendships on a deeper level. It comes with um, anything that you do trying to better yourself. How are you ever going to change something in a positive way if you do not take that first step and take that risk? So it was really, it was a tough pill to swallow for about six months. It went on. And then one of the first no's that I got um, was a man that was saying, oh, we just haven't got anything for you at the time. And then they called back six months down the line and said, oh, we've got a show come up. It's a multi-sport show on CBBC and we want to give Tyler the series. And then before you knew it, it was like, I, I was tra- like throughout the whole six weeks of, of the, the summer holidays, I was traveling to, to Belgium for the BMX championships. I was um, at the golf at St. Andrews. I was like, I was all over the place with CBBC. And then in, and that was on the weekends, I would fly out to those countries. And then Monday to Thursday, I was working at McDonald's because I said to my mum, I was like, ever since ever since I turned 16, I'm going to have a job. And that's where I ended up, man. That's the only place that was there at the time. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's mad for me. When I, when I sit there and talk about it and I deep it for a second, how I look back at how I got into my career, it's not conventional whatsoever, but I don't think anything nowadays is. And I think that people need to bear that in mind is that there's no written route of how to get into anything, no matter what industry. Yeah. You just need to give it a go. I mean, there's a million, million different pathways. And look at you. You were probably at school and you using these extracurricular activities actually to j- just express yourself and find out that as your mm-hmm. safe haven. And that's what you were enjoying about it. And then here's CBBC. You don't know what you want to do still, probably. And then, hey, presto, here we are, however many years later. And look at you now. This is it, man. <clears throat> this is it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely like... I mean, I, I kind of proved to myself, like with things that I've been through in the past, is that wherever you derive from, wherever you know, what, no matter what walk of life you've been through, um, no matter where you're from, no matter what background, no matter what upbringing, rich, poor, whatever it is, it doesn't determine where you're going to end up. Do you know what I mean? Because now I'm in a position where I'm able to do a job that I love, like really enjoy it, but also have that positive effect on the rest of the world as well. And I think that that's what means the most to me, man. So where did music fit into all of that then? So music was always something. So, so my brother was, an, was a wicked singer. I, I'm going to back myself here. I was actually a good singer as a kid. Okay, like, me stop. and my brother used to... Me and my, <laughs> Come on. No, 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 no. I can't sing. No, I can't sing. I sound like a, I sound like a cat crying, <laughs> man. I, um, I, I sound like... You know, on, if you've ever been to a South London estate and you can hear the foxes at about two o'clock in the morning, that is similar to my singing um i am dreadful absolutely dreadful but when i was younger i was like destined i was like yeah me and lewis can be singers but i was so shy so um it was always a part of my upbringing it was always something which um was was like whether it was just i don't know whether it was just like around the house my mum had a big influence on my music selection my brother definitely did he would go into rap he'd go into hip-hop he'd go into like old soul music um and then even my dad as well when my dad came back into my life it was like like it, it like his his our legacy of like reggae in the family and stuff like that it was so sort of inspirational so it's always been about 
And then I did music at school. I did it as a, I did it as a course at school and I started DJing learning how to DJ for one of the modules and I just kept it up and it was always something I've done in the background but it was only until I signed my contract at KISS did I then go right let me get the decks out and really really focus on this and then before you knew it like my first DJ gig it was like it was I went out to Magaluf I was at a pool party at a KISS pool party in Magaluf acting as if I've done it, it like so many of these yeah I'm a pro but I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing I just I've, I've absolutely winged it but the mixing got better and better and I practiced and practiced and now it's like I'm confident to play to any crowd um and just and just bring the party aspect but music is such a big part of my day today I think from the moment I wake up and my Alexa plays um uh plays like my Spotify playlist or the moment that I wake up and go, go on my run and have it on my headphones or, or then the moment that I go to work and I'm talking off the back of tunes do you know what I mean I love the fact that I could play a song and me, you, your neighbours, Nan, their aunt, their sister, their sister's boyfriend's girlfriend, like wh- whoever can absolutely smile and vibe out to it at the same time. I love the effect that music that, that brings people together. Yeah, it's got the power to unite. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so I suppose what I want to know then is we've got the TV show coming out. What's next? What, what, is, what, what are the goals? I mean, as you say, you're only 24. We're only 24. What's, what, what, yeah. what you, what's, in, what's on the horizon? Bro, it's, it's the maddest thing because if you, you know, whenever at school, everybody would say to you, oh, where do you want to be in five years time? The thing I said back then, I said, I wanted to be, I think I said, I was like at 18. I was like, oh, um, I mean, worst case scenario, I'll go to uni. I'll become a, um, a physiotherapist. Um, I'll go down the sport route and I'd like to be playing abroad. I like that was the, com- I was the complete opposite to what happened or what I thought back then. And what I thought five years ago now, what I would be doing it, it's mad. Like I made a, um, <clears throat> let me see if I can get it up actually. Right. Yeah. So there's a list on my phone that I made absolutely ages ago. And it was, let me see if I can get it. Hold on. Um, and, and this was just me sitting there one day I was having like a little breakdown. Um, I, I was like at counseling doing therapy at the time. Um, and instead of just having all of these these things that I wanted and wished in my life, like roaming around my head, I sat there and thought, right, let me write it down so it's actually not like, so I can see it visually. And I have had the same number, the same iCloud account. So every single new phone I've got, it's just, it's just synced to the next device, the next device. So I wrote this absolutely ages ago, right? Yeah. And it, there are things on this list, right? that I was like, <laughs> I, I read back and I was like, right, Ty, you smash that one. Don't worry about me. Um, but there was, there was little things like there was mental things like, um, my mood swings to improve, um, light and up tired. There was like little things that was like, Oh, you want to have a bit more self-belief, have a bit more confidence, uh, strength, come up with a plan, um, get a car because you don't want to be taxied anymore. Have a steady <laughs> income that you're I haven't got to worry about there's there's all these little notes and then there was like the bucket list right and this one was radio experience so just get some radio experience i just wanted i just wanted to get some radio experience and then i got the kiss evening show and that was like my first sort of <laughs> bit of radio experience i'd never done radio ever before in my life man mm. um so i stepped into it with that uh, but it was like, oh, create some content and put it out onto onto instagram i now do that every single day um, it was like, oh, grow your following so that you're able to help more people. Um, and it was like, oh, try and hit 5,000 subscribers, 5,000 followers. And it was like, and then, and then I hit 10K at the time. It was like, it, it was mad and how one thing can just go from one, one thing to the next. Um, but I think why, where, what's next and like, where do I want to go? Some people say, oh, well, I want to end up presenting X Factor. I want to end up um, w- with my show in this country or going to travel to this country and, and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. There's a bucket list and there's a checklist of things I want to do. But more importantly, I think the end goal is like to have my work change the people that experience it. So if you can watch a documentary that, that, that I will make, like I will make, I've, I've always wanted to make documentaries. Mm-hmm. If you can watch a documentary I make and think differently about the world or have a conversation with your partner, your mum, your brother, your sister, um, then I've, I've done my job right. Like I, I love the fact that I can change somebody's way, like way of thinking or dive into something that they can relate to because 
really it's just a nod to where I've came from and my journey is that like I never started with with a load of cash in my pocket I never started with a helping hand into the industry I, I worked at McDonald's at the time man that, that was it like I was just doing it from the age of 16 to help my mum out and I live and I still to this day live on the biggest council estate in South London and it's like never forgetting where you come from and it's like if I can prove that I can do it then anybody else can so that's what I want my work to sort of justify as well. Well, for just furthering that as well, with the the power of social media and the reach that you have, with mm. uh, the following and reach that you do have in from the show and your own following comes great responsibility. And something that I did want to talk about is the Black Lives Matter movement and what's, what's yeah. happened in 2020, <clears throat> which, you know, it has been a conversation that is well overdue, um, mm-hmm. but finally happening. But what can we do now to continue that conversation? Because it can't be one of those things that goes into the, into the background again. No, that, and that's the thing that everybody was scared of at the time it came around. Is like, oh, is this just going to be some little trending hashtag mm. for a few months? But I, I genuinely believe that 2020 like, was a big year of change in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I, for one, was... I went, I don't know, like I, I've always questioned my identity. I've grown up in a predominantly white neighbor, a white racist neighborhood um, where people, oh, they don't see color. They don't <laughs> see color or they, they don't see color or they would say, say things like, like hurtful things. It was like, for me, the identity crisis came in with like the fact that I'm mixed race and, you know, I live with my white mom. People would say to me the N word. They would call me, they would be racist towards me. But then also, I never felt like I could fully take fully take offense to that because I was mixed race. Like it was like I wasn't I wasn't black enough to belong, and I wasn't white enough to not take offense. Like people would treat me. I was like sort of this between a rock and a hard place. Don't know where I fit in. And it was only until twenty twenty that then you know people we we had these conversations, and it, it's like I realized, and I was like, hold oh, on a sec, my kids are going to have to go through this when when they're when I'm older. Like my kids are going to have to sit there and say, oh, daddy, what, like like what's this and why is this person calling me this and stuff like that and I don't want them I don't want them to feel that way so that's when I came to the realization I was like no I'm a black man like 100% like like through and through and it was like I I, I stand by the things I say and I stand by the way that I, I think and feel and I support the movement entirely and I'm so so grateful the fact that so many people have been open to taking on board the conversation and even like you mentioning it right now on the podcast it means the world of difference because would would this have happened would that have been a topic of conversation in 2019 probably not do you know what i mean it's like but it's the fact that it's always been there it's just taken a spark unfortunately a traumatic event to 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 ignite people from all over the world but sometimes that's what it takes it takes that little kickstart to keep going and i think right now um amongst obviously COVID and things like that, the, the conversation still does go on. The conversation and the movement is still happening and it is going to be something which I think personally is going to change over generations. I feel like the, the information that we then give down to our kids is going to be very different to what our grandparents had. And it's just one of those things that are going to change with the generations and, and change with the time. Um, but it, it's in so much of a better place than what it was. and. I'm very, very grateful to be a part of that change. If, if, if I can do it in any way, I can as well. Like I, I definitely use my platforms and I would also suggest anybody, no matter, even if you're just, you've only got a few hundred people on Facebook or something like that, 100% ex- express your opinions, ex- express your views and be open. I think that's the key. I think what it boils down to as well is it's the, um, so the ability for individuals to remain shallow and, and not open to it and use their source of education as these big tabloid newspapers, which are mm-hmm. quite often factually incorrect and merely just there to infiltrate individuals' minds to mould their thoughts. And actually, they're not actually able to express their own opinions. And, you know, something what it boils down to as well is, you know, I've just finished the show It's a Sin on Channel 4, which is a brilliant yeah. show. And that I, I was so ignorant about the AIDS crisis and I didn't know anything about that. And it was similar as well when the Black Lives Matter movement happened. Actually, when I think about it, it wasn't taught in school. My no. knowledge and education um, in regards to it was next to nothing. So I've got to use that as an individual actually to further my own thoughts and knowledge about it. And that's why mm-hmm. I would like to talk to, it, talk to anybody about somebody that knows a little bit more because I might learn something. And mm-hmm. that's, what, that's why these conversations are important to me. 
And some people think also, like I had a lot of people come to me, like friends as well during the time and say, oh, well, like, you know, how do you feel about this? Or like, I feel like I haven't got a place to say because I'm not black and I can't, I can't stand up for. And I was like, no, hundred percent. Ask those questions, have those conversations, um, be as curious as you possibly can be, because that shows that you're open and you're willing, like it isn't showing your, your lack of it. And even if it is showing your lack of intelligence with, with that matter, you're doing something to change it, man. Like just hundred percent, keep up that talk. And it's like, it's such a passionate subject um, for so many people. Um, but the fact that it isn't just a phase, it it speaks volumes. It speaks absolute volumes, and it's it's just going to continue to change, man. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Now, I ask this question, Tyler, to every guest that comes on the show. What does the word yeah. head headstrong mean to you? Headstrong means to me, um, and this is going to sound very broad, but it's it means to me knowing yourself. If there's a time where you can feel at your lowest, like like the whole world's crashing down around you, and every like the whole world's on your shoulders, and you and you you're really really struggling. If you can sit there and be as raw as possible with yourself, see the raw version of yourself, and look in the mirror and t- and, and say to yourself what you want, and, and and try and suss out what your purpose is, you will then go on to do amazing things in your life. Like a hundred percent. Like if you can, if you can sit there and flip the switch, like it's, it's a mentality that I live by. If you can flip the switch um, and try, that is being headstrong. If you, if you sit there and let it defeat you um, and, 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 and close yourself off and isolate yourself from help. And if you isolate yourself thinking, oh no, I can just deal with this all on my own and things like you, you are closing yourself off to, to not being headstrong. I feel like being headstrong is, it's a way of life as opposed to just a mentality and it can be practiced. Like there's some days that me and you will wake up and we, we won't be feeling it. But if you can write down three amazing things that you've done at the end of that day and whether that, and th- these might be the smallest things. If it, it might be like, right, made a really good breakfast, right. Went on a, a nice little 10 minute walk at lunch, right. Sent an email and it put a smile on somebody's face. If you can take away little things like that, they add up to the bigger wins. And then before you know it, you're, the way that you see headstrong is so much clearer and it has so much clarity about it. But if you can flip the switch, man, that's the way. You've really captured a lot there that I, I, I believe what it means to mean as well. So yeah, thanks. Mm. For that. I really appreciate that. Tyler, I love this, love this chat. Thanks so much it's for coming brilliant. on. Brilliant. Louis, you're an absolute legend. You're a star. Thank you so much for doing this, bro. And it's so important. The conversations that you're having on these podcasts are absolutely incredible. Um, and just keep doing your thing, bro. Hey man, I couldn't do it without you. You're a legend. 2017, the Golden Casket Group started working with Vimto as a licensing partner, which led to the creation of Vimto Millions. The mix of Millions, Chewy Sweets and Vimto is one of a kind of flavouring, resulting in a match made in confectionery heaven, and I can testify for that. The Vimto Millions have since gone on to be extremely popular for the brand and are still thriving over four years later. Just like most Millions products, Vimto Millions are suitable for everybody, including those with vegetarian, vegan, and halal diet. Now, after a successful partnership with the Millions brand, Golden Casket was eager to create another original Vimto product to add to the portfolio. Hence, Vimto Jelly Babies were born. In 2019, the Golden Casket Group won the prestigious Grocer Best New Product Award for their juicy Vimto Jelly Babies. And they took the top spot after experts said they were a well-executed combo of two classics, one which I can testify. Millions of products are available from most independent retailers, wholesalers, and national supermarkets. So go grab yours today. And that concludes this episode of Headstrong. A huge, huge thank you to Tyler for his generous amount of time spent with me on Zoom. Hopefully we'll be able to get away on holiday soon, Tyler. No worries. And I really hope you have enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for clicking on the episode, tuning in and downloading it. I hope to see you next week for another episode. And if you can't wait till then, go check out some of the other episodes that we have available including with Ramesh Ranganathan, Jane Seymour, Nathaniel Curtis, amongst many, many more. See you next week. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.